Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnston. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 18, titled, How Do I Interact with the Secular World? Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Last time we were talking about getting over the 500 play, play mark. We're now over that, nearing 600. Thank you so much. I hope that this podcast encourages you. It lifts you up. It gives you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Let's dive in right away. So I had this question, and for those of you that are listening, we started a new segment, uh, Letters to the Church. We're going to have multiple segments on that coming, but I read this article that really fascinated me, and I just said, man, I got to do a podcast on this question. How do I interact with the secular world? So anyway, I was on a website called churchleaders.com, I go to that one frequently. It has some just articles of what's happening, kind of what Christian news that's kind of hot that we're talking about. And I came across an article about Lauren Daigle, who's a very popular Christian singer, and she's coming out with a new album, and she played and she performs on the Ellen show. And uh, I watched, I did watch, went and watched the YouTube video, but this became just such a huge hot button topic for the Christian world in some sense, probably not all Christianity was talking about it, but they're talking about, um, you know, some people were so mad. Some people were so hot. She's on the Ellen show. And if you don't know, Ellen is openly gay. She's a lesbian. Uh, and so she make, makes no bones about that. She doesn't hide that. And so the question being, you know, there's a camp that was saying, Hey, you shouldn't, how would you, why would you go on the show? Why would you interact with that? That's a horrible testimony. That's and so there was that camp. There was the second camp that was like, hey, uh, maybe she was trying to you know, get her music out there to people that uh, are not Christians, that they're going to come across her, they're going to listen to her, they're going to go check out more of her music that is talking about Jesus and God and the gospel and those kind of things, and they'll get saved, you know, so it's a great thing. And so I have heard this debate in many other ways, not just in this particular instance of us interacting with the secular world and how do we do that as Christians. And I think that's a great thought, and I have a few ideas that I want to give you today. They're not, uh, I mean, we could probably do multiple episodes on this topic alone, but I want to give you just four thoughts in regards to how do I interact with the secular world, all right? And I'm going to read some Bible scripture verses, and I'm going to attempt to not take any of these out of context, all right, uh, and just try and uh, just just for the sake of my own argument. But here's the first thing I want to give you today in terms of this question: How do I interact with the secular world? Number one is we have to have relationship. All right. Here's what I believe. I believe that if we're going to have interaction with the secular world, if we're going to win people to Jesus, then we are going to have to have relationship with them. And I got my Bible in front of me. You're going to hear some turning of pages and some bumping of the mic because I have my Bible in front of me. Uh, but Matthew chapter nine, verse 11 says this. Uh, it says, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. All right, here's the deal. Now we have the Bible. You weren't there. I wasn't there. We weren't there to actually see the daily life of Jesus. But here's one thing that we know for sure is that Jesus didn't just hang out with sinners. He had relationship with them. Uh, and so I want to encourage you today. How, how do I, how do I interact with the secular world? How do I reach people for Jesus? Well, we're going to have to have relationship with them. If you're going to win someone to Jesus, you're going to have to have a relationship with them. 
you know, I know that it still works. Some people still have this anointing, but overall gone are the days where I just randomly walk up to someone and within two minutes, I just share the gospel with them and they fall on their face and they just give their life to Jesus. Do I believe that can happen? Absolutely. 100%. I encourage you to listen to the voice of the spirit. If God tells you to do that in the context of your life, go for it. And I still do it. I still do it in other countries. I participate in crusades where I get up in front of people that I do not know. And within 30 minutes, I'm trying to present the gospel. And at the end of that, that they will make a a eternal decision to give their life to Jesus. But I do know that there still is the element of relationship that we have to have with people. And clearly Jesus did this. Jesus was not a guy that just went up to a sinner and just told him, hey, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. You need God. You better get saved and then just walk off. It seems from what we see in the scripture that he had relationship with them. He was he was eating with them. He was he was fellowshipping with them. He was hanging out with them. And the Pharisees and the religious people took note of it. They didn't like it. They brought it up. They posed this question uh, to the disciples. Why is he eating with sinners? And I want to encourage you, and we need wisdom and solidification in our face so that we don't fall on them and talk about in a second, but we need to have relationship with people who don't know Jesus, if we expect people to get saved, we can't just hang out in our Christian bubble, in our Christian circle, and just expect that people are just going to randomly get saved. We need to have a relationship with people. And even in this podcast, I'm going to share different stories that maybe will help or encourage you in some way. But one story that I have was back in the day when I was a youth pastor, I was recording music. And I recorded a couple albums in Reno, Nevada at this place called Humblebee Records. Uh, and there was a guy named Rob Lawrence who owned the studio there. And I would go there and record music. And it was kind of a multi-faceted venue. It wasn't just a studio, but there were practice rooms. There was a live concert area. It was really definitely a cool vibe in, in place that was there. But, uh, you know, I was the only Christian guy there. And uh, I would talk to people and I had I would hang out with people and I got to know people and uh, even people knew me as the Christian guy that was recording music there. And uh, the, the great part of that story after recording two albums with Rob Lawrence that towards the end of our time together when I was moving, I remember one of our last conversations where Rob was just like, man, Jeremiah, through our times together, you've helped me to understand and realize that I need Jesus and I want Jesus in my life. And you know what? It was through those times in the studio, cutting tracks, recording music, him listening to my music. And with Lauren Daigle, here's, here's what I would say is that, you know, Rob, part of the reason he got saved and the reason he wanted Jesus in his life is because we had the the first album that I recorded with him after we got done. He said, you know, there's just, there's something different about your music. It's, it's just different. And it's because we were singing about Jesus and we were singing about what Jesus did in our life. And I believe that that made a difference in him. And so I want to tell you, and I want to encourage you to start building relationships with people who don't know Jesus. Have a cup of, co- have a cup of coffee with them, eat with them, hang out with them, and, and begin to, to have relationship with them so they can see who you are, they can hear who you are, and they can hear about this Jesus that's in your life. So how do I interact with the secular world? Number one, we have to have relationship with them. Otherwise they are, for the most part, they're never going to get saved because if they're just looking at religion, they're just looking at Christianity. They're just looking at the church. They're probably not going to get saved. All right. Number one, we have to have relationship 
with them. Number two, we have to uh, influence, and, and this is where I want to make sure that I'm being clear is that we want to make sure that we influence them and they don't influence us. Look at John chapter. If you have a Bible or your mobile device, you can read this later. Sorry. You're probably driving your car or something where you can't just open your Bible and read with me, but maybe you can. And John chapter 17, verse 16, I wanted to read this one as well. And it says, uh, John chapter 17, verse 16. Uh, and I'll start with 15. It says, my prayer is that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am of it. And so here's the thing, guys, is we are not of this world. We are different. Our lifestyle is a different. Our thinking is different. We've been redeemed. We're saved. We're set free. So I just want to, I want you to be careful. Here's the word of caution. Should we have relationship and interaction with the secular world? Absolutely. 100%. And uh, in my opinion, I don't have a real big beef with Lauren Daigle going on Ellen, Ellen show as long as she was willing to shine the light of Jesus. And in some of those, when she was in the makeup room, when she was in the green room, when she was talking Ellen or whatever, as long as she was unashamed to let people know that, Hey, I'm a follower of Christ and I'm not ashamed of this relationship and this belief system I have then praise God. I hope, I hope that she planted a seed. I hope that something happened. I hope that a bunch of people who heard her on the show will go check out our website, who will listen to her music because she has some great God-filled songs and they'll get saved because of that. So anyway, but we do have to be careful that we influence them and they don't influence us. All right, here is the danger. You know, I've met people who want to live for Jesus that uh, have made a, a choice to follow Jesus, but then and they have relationship with people who aren't following Christ. But the problem becomes is those people start to influence them more than they are influencing them. Does that, or, or you're being influenced more by them than, you're, than you are influencing them. And that's the word of caution that I want to give you. It's not that we shouldn't have a relationship with, with people. It's not that we shouldn't hang out with sinners. Hey, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God, right? But we have to be careful that they don't influence us. Cause I've seen this before. I've seen people that all of a sudden they start hanging out with people who don't follow Jesus and it, it affects them. Uh, stop coming to church or, or whatever. And just not just church alone, but multiple areas of their life. All of a sudden you see it dilute their faith and it's sad. And before you know it, it's like, they're not even following Christ anymore. So I'm going to ask that you be you better be a person that's praying, that's seeking God, that's in the word, because as you interact with the secular world, your faith is going to be challenged. I mean, it's not like you're just going to have relationship with unsaved people and they're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm supposed to get saved. Okay. You know, they're, they're going to challenge your faith. They're going to challenge what you believe. And if you're not strong in your faith, you can easily let them influence you rather than you influencing them. Does that make sense? So number one, we need to have relationship. We need to have a relationship with sinners. We need to interact with sinners. We need to be, and, and it's funny to say, sinners, sinners. I Listen, we are sinners. We're all sinners. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all sinners, okay? So don't even, don't. Uh, first of all, don't even get that thought in your brain that somehow you're better or there's something better than you about them. The only difference is, is that you're a sinner saved by grace and you're just trying to share how awesome and powerful Jesus is and can be in their life as well, right? But secondly, 
be careful that you influence them and not vice versa, all right? And if you feel you start hanging out with people and you feel your faith diluting, getting drawn down, you need you need to walk away and be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I am not going to let other people affect my faith in a negative way, all right? And the third thing, third thought for you today is to be unashamed. And I want to connect with influence and being unashamed. And let me just share this story. This was one of the stories I was thinking of before I came here. When I was in Utah, that was a very interesting environment because Mormonism was so strong there and Christianity. And in that particular environment, uh, Christian pastors, kind of, there was two camps in that that world. Is number one, um, there was a group of Christian pastors that were like, don't interact with the Mormon church. Don't have dialogue. Don't, you know, d- don't interact with them and, and blah, blah, blah. That's bad. We're going to stay over here. They're going to be over there. Uh, and then there was the camp that was like, Hey, let's try to, let's try and interact. Let's, uh, have some dialogue. Let's you know do these kind of things. And I was in that camp, but I want to share this story specifically is one time there was this Mormon lawyer who came to me and said, Hey, we are having these, uh, faith services. I don't even remember what they're called specifically, but here was their format is that every few months or once a quarter, they would get together and have a special service in this service. They would have like two or three Mormon guys share, and then they would invite invite two or three non-Mormon guys to share at this service as well. And he was basically asking me, hey, do you want to be a part of this? Would you like to be one of our speakers? Now, here's the dichotomy. Do you do that? Do you not do that? Do you go into a Mormon church and speak? Is that a compromise of your faith, your theology, et cetera, et cetera? Well, here's what I did. I made sure I set up an appointment with him at the church I was working at. And I sat down with him and I clearly in the most loving way that I could just let him know, hey, uh, I am interested in being a part of this service and speaking the word of God to the people that are going to be there. But the first thing is that I want to let you know that I don't think that you are a Christian. And I think Mormonism and Christianity is not the same. And uh, I don't know if he ever has been told bluntly and cohesively like I told him, but I told him that. I said, listen, I want you to know that I don't think you are Christian. And I think that we are different. I think our theology is different. I think this is not the same thing, but I do believe that we can have relationship and we can have interaction. And after saying these things, if you still want me to come, I will come and I will share the word of God with all the passion that I have inside of me, asking the Lord to give me a word for that night. He was cool with it. And guess what? I think I got invited to two or three of these services. And when my part came up. I got my little 10 minute window and I'll tell you what, I got up in that Mormon church, mostly Mormons. They did invite non-Mormons, but obviously it was probably 80, 90% Mormons and maybe 10, 20% non-Mormons. And guess what? I shared the word of God, uh, as boldly as I could, uh, in, in as lovingly as I could, as uh, allowing the Holy spirit to speak through me. I didn't walk up there and just, you know, cast curses upon them. I didn't get up there and say that their religion was a fallacy. I just shared the word of God with a passion and a zeal led by the spirit. And guess what? I can't tell you after every one of those times that I spoke, I had so many Mormons come up and say, man, that was, that was awesome. What you said tonight, that was so good. So I believe, listen, I believe I planted a seed. I was faithful to speak the word of God. Now, some Christians would say, Jeremiah, that was horrible. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, That's not right. How could you do that? All I know is that 
I established a relationship with this person who is not a follower of Christ uh, as I believe. All right. And secondly, I wanted to influence them. I wanted to go in there and speak the word of God. And number three, I was unashamed. I was not ashamed with that guy. When I had that interaction, I was not ashamed to say, listen, I don't think you're a follower of Christ. I don't think you're a Christian. I think we're different. Um, and so the point being with that story is if we have a relationship with sinners and we want to influence them, influence them and not let them influence us, then we have to be unashamed. So I'm totally cool. You know, I have a, another friend who's in a band. It's not a Christian band. It's kind of like a crossover band, if you will, or whatever. And, and uh, I, I've just encouraged him in the past of like, listen, man, I don't know, Christian, non-Christian, secular band, whatever. As long as you are not ashamed of Jesus Christ, I'm cool with it. You know, if, if you can have a secular band and your band goes and plays in a bar, but in the set, in the song that you're like, hey, I want you guys to know that we're Christians, we're followers of Christ. I don't know. I, you know, I'm going to, I don't want to say that there's a gray area there. All I'm saying is even Lauren Daigle in that situation, I, I'm not opposed to her going on the Ellen show as long as she is unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, I hope that she had these side conversations that none of us know about, that none of us could see, where she was able to share Christ and boldly proclaim she is a follower of Christ. So number one, we need a relationship with the sinners. Number two, we need to influence them, not vice versa. Number three, we have to be unashamed of our faith in Jesus Christ. Whether it's a TV show, you know, I've, I've seen some pastors that they get on secular TV shows, NBC, ABC, and some of those anchors ask them difficult questions. Do you believe in hell and lifestyle questions? And they start to waffle a little bit. And, you know, we have to, as long as we're unashamed, man, I encourage you, if you can go on ABC, NBC, whatever, <laughs> CNN, as long as you're unashamed, I say go for it. As, as long as you're willing to stand up and proclaim who you are in Christ. Uh, a guy, for example, a guy I admire, I've seen a few times, is Franklin Graham. I've seen him on Fox before and I actually other non-Fox shows. And man, he's, he's unashamed of saying Jesus and talking about Jesus when he's on the show. And I think that's how we should be. It's like, listen, I'm not saying that we can't interact or participate with the world as long as we are unashamed to share the word of God. And I want to read that in Romans. Got my Bible with me again. Romans 1, uh, chapter 16, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'm doing some of this on the fly just because I got back from Nebraska. It was really cold there. Just side note, uh, Romans chapter one, verse 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So once again, I'm beating the drum, man. How are we supposed to interact with the secular world? Well, we can. We're supposed to have in relationship. We're supposed to be interacting. We're supposed to be engaging. But in that interaction and in that engagement, I want them to know I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to say I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to be ashamed of that. Uh, so, hey, just boldly proclaim who you are in Christ. And then the fourth thing is that we would have creativity. Uh, you know, Paul said this. It's very interesting. In 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 22, I think this is very interesting. And I'm, uh, I probably should spend more lengthy because I think this is one where 
we could get a little loose with this, if you will, or some people could use this one as a as an excuse to <laughs> sin, if you will, which I don't want to do. But First Corinthians nine twenty two, Paul said, "To the weak I became weak to the to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in the blessings." Paul said, I become all things to win people. We need, here's, here's what I, I will say without trying to get into an argument is that we have to creatively and ask the Holy Spirit for creative wisdom to express and to share the gospel with this culture and with this world. You know, this world is changing social media, uh, everything that's happening technologically. And we, ha- we do have to shift and we have to change with the times. And by that, I'm not saying succumbing to our culture. I'm just saying our world is changing. Uh, if, you know, I go up to, you know, if I go up to some, a 15 year old kid and I try to reach them the way that I was reached when I was a 15 year old kid, it might not work because things are different. Uh, technology is different. What they listen to is different. So I just have to be sensitive to that. And we have to ask the gospel, ask Jesus for wisdom to share the gospel. And, and we don't have to, we don't have to succumb to the world in that. Uh, there's an old statement. It's, it's a little bit older now, but it just, I remember one time a mentor said to me, he said, you know, the message is sacred, but the method is not. And I, I do like that. And I believe there's truth in that meaning that the word of God, his message, the truth, the gospel, Jesus is the way, the truth and life that is sacred. We cannot change that. We cannot walk away from that. We cannot be, we cannot compromise that, but the method that we use is not sacred. So music style, genre, um, as we now dive into social media, technology, the way we express the gospel is going to look and sound different than it did 50 years ago. That's okay. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. How, how, how do I interact with the secular world? Again, take those nuggets of truth. Number one, have a relationship. Number two, influence them, not letting, not letting them influence you. Number three, being unashamed. And number four, asking for creativity from the Holy Spirit. Listen, we live in very different, weird times, and we need to preach the gospel more than ever before. We need to become an influence in this culture, in this society. We need to be unashamed, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit for creativity. Thank you for joining the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Like it, share it, support it, and I will talk to you next time.